0: everyone. Welcome back to the Love and Relationships Podcast. I'm your host, Deborah Felata, and it's so great to be together again and chat about all things love, sex, dating, marriage, and singleness. For those of you who don't know me, I'm a licensed professional counselor and author specializing in relationship issues, and I'm here to take your relationship questions. I've written hundreds of relationship articles across the internet, And my relationship advice blog, truelovedates.com, reaches millions of people with the message of healthy relationships. And that's really what I'm passionate about. Have you ever been through a time in your life where you thought to yourself, this is not what I wanted my life to look like. This is not what I expected. What happens when your life or your relationships don't turn out how you planned? How do you navigate those hard times of hopelessness and discouragement when you feel stuck in a life that you never expected? Maybe you're listening today and you just went through the heartbreaking loss of a failed relationship. Or maybe you're single and you thought for sure you'd be married by now but find instead you're struggling with loneliness and discouragement. Maybe you're walking through grief, or loss, or illness, and you find yourself asking why. Today's guests went through their own journey of asking why. After the tragic, untimely deaths of their respective spouses, Brittany and Daniel found themselves as young widows, Dealing with their own individual journeys of grief and pain and loss. This is an incredible story of two broken hearts submitting their lives to Jesus. Their story encouraged me so much during one of the darkest times I have ever been through. And I know it will encourage you. That's why I'm so excited to have them on the podcast today let me introduce you to our guests. Today on the podcast, I'm talking with Daniel and Brittany Brooker. Daniel and Brittany are an incredible couple with an amazing story filled with extreme trials and joys, and a testimony of what God can do even when life doesn't go the way we expected. Brittany, Daniel, it's so good to have you guys on the show today.
1: Thank hey you. Deborah, good to be here.
0: You yes. know, so many of our listeners are excited to hear this story because I've kind of pumped up my audience about what a great couple you are. And you know, would you guys just take a minute to introduce yourselves to our listeners, tell me a little bit about each of your stories and how you ended up meeting?
2: Yeah, absolutely. So I um, was the girl that waited for the man of my dreams, and I just thought, man, I'm going to wait for this perfect person, and God's just going to do this amazing love story, and He did. And I married um, my husband, and shortly afterwards, we got pregnant. We had three kids under the age of three in the fall of 2015 and just had an amazing marriage, an amazing ministry that He did. He discipled a lot of young men, and He was in law enforcement as well. Just kind of were living, um, just the life that I was just so grateful to call mine, you know, it wasn't easy, but it was just amazing. And so, um, I woke up that morning, um, and I'd brought my kids to Bible study and I got a phone call while I was there, um, that my husband had fallen at work Mm. and he was unconscious. And so, um, shortly afterwards I found out that my husband, who was a perfectly healthy 30 year old man, um, just dropped dead at work. And Mm. so, literally my entire life got turned upside down in a moment. Um, and it just shattered me, um, in such a crazy way to think like, okay, God, everything in my life just changed. Like, how do I even dream? How do I live? How do I raise three boys under the age of three that Mm. don't know their daddy now and won't have a father? And I'm a single mom. And just, it radically changed everything in my life. Yet the one thing that stayed steady was Jesus. And so that's, um, something we're very passionate about is sharing the faithfulness of Jesus, even in the midst of tragedy. So that's a little bit about my journey. Mm. And then,
1: yeah. And, um, so yeah, Brittany pointed at me. So it's my turn. But yeah,
0: <laughs> let's hear, it, um, Daniel. What's your? Let's hear your story.
1: Well, uh, kind of similar. You know, I was uh, I was young. I was 15 when I met Lindsay. Wow. Uh, summer camp story. She was the popular kid, and I was not. And uh, <laughs> took me a long took me a long time to get her attention, but I finally did, and and uh, we had a long distance relationship for a lot of years, and uh, ultimately uh, got married. Um, so I was 24. So I met when I was 15, got married when I was 24. And so through that time, mean we had a lot of, a lot of history together, a lot of time together. And through that, um, there was a, there's a lot of struggles in the background of cancer. Mm. Um, Lindsay diagnosed with cancer at 19 initially, wow. and then it showed back up at 21 right before we got engaged. And so, um, in spite of all that, we ended up getting married and having a healthy season, a, a great season where there was no cancer for about five years. But uh, in that time, we adopted two kids, um, Ethan and Aubrey, and and moved forward with what we thought was going to be the perfect life that we'd always dreamed of, and then cancer showed back up. Mm. And so really went into a season of battling uh, for her life and tried a lot of different things and, and ultimately found ourselves having the conversations with the doctor. There's nothing else we can do. Conversations once that you, uh, you never think you'll find yourself on the receiving end of. Yeah. And, uh, and through that, I watched Lindsay just battle with just a beauty that you don't, you don't normally see. I mean, she cared about others even in her pain and, and through that process of just feeling helpless, doing everything you can, but ultimately not being able to do anything except be there. I uh, found myself, um, in the fall of 2005 as well, saying goodbye in an ER room. Wow. And, uh, it was the most devastating and overwhelming thing. And if, if anybody's ever been exposed to cancer, it's mm. It's, it's not nice. It's not easy. And, uh, so went through the chaos of that and the chaos of loss and, uh, found myself the father of two kids trying to figure out what in the world, uh, I was going to do like, God, what, was this my story? Mm. And, uh, so started the journey of being a single dad, grieving uh, the love of my life, and trying to figure out what was in store for my future.
0: Wow! And unbelievable, unbelievable loss, unbelievable grief. I I actually stumbled upon your story probably right around that time um, when um, I'm actually friends with Brittany's brother um, from college, and he had shared. Uh, a video that Brittany had taped shortly after your husband, your first husband, Patrick, had died. And so this is where, you know, I first learned about your story. And I just remember, Brittany, I probably haven't told you this part of the story, but I remember I was going through an extremely hard situation in my life at that time. Probably the hardest thing I've ever been through to date. And, um... really struggling. And I remember hearing your story. And at this point, you guys hadn't met. so, So it's not like we're nearing the happy ending. We are in the middle of the struggle. And I remember hearing your story and just watching you proclaim God's faithfulness and God's goodness, even in dark times. And it honestly was such an encouragement to me to know that God is carrying you in such an unbelievable way. And why wouldn't he carry me as well? And Daniel, just hearing your story right now and and just the reality of the suffering that you went through and still holding on to Jesus and his faithfulness. And that's, what's most inspiring about your story. It's not even the happy ending and the remarriage that we're going to talk about, but it's, it's about your faithfulness in the thick of it. And, and feeling God's presence in the thick of it when life doesn't go the way we expected. And, and so I really appreciate you guys sharing that difficult time in your lives. And, and that difficult time is actually what led to the two of you meeting. So can you guys talk us through a little bit of what it looked like, you know, walking through grief and then meeting one another and, and the process of getting remarried? Yeah, so um,
2: I think we're in the midst of that. I mean, like you are so madly in love still with this person that's in heaven, yet you won't see him again on this earth. And it's just the weirdest, craziest reality, you know? Yeah. And so you're not even thinking that way. For me, I was not even thinking like, oh, I mean, I remember looking at every guy and being like, You are so ugly compared to my husband, <laughs> like right. he's so in heaven and just experiencing this just crazy thing of how do you even click out of that? And so um, I remember saying, I'll never be married I'll never even think about that. And this lady looked at me and she said, it sounded like you said, your will be done, not God's will be done in your life. And mm-hmm. it was so convicting of, of just being able to say, God, actually, whatever you have is what I want. And if you get more glory, Um, with me being a widow the rest of my life and me being lonely and raising these kids as a single mom, that's what I want. If that, it brings you more glory because we realize how short our life is on this earth and what a short amount of time we have to impact for eternity. And so I think in the process of that, you know, I began to share a story, not because I have anything figured out, but I do know Jesus who is going to be faithful and carry other people like he was carrying me. And so just sharing a little bit about our journey in the process of that, um, I came across a family that was walking through just a huge amount of grief and pain and I was trying to reach out and encourage them. And then this amazing man named Daniel Brecker was doing the same thing. Mm. So, yeah. I
1: mean, that that's it. You told yeah. it. About you. <laughs> no, yeah. So I, you were helping out families that were hurting people would kind of come to you and then that started happening to me as well. I, I had no idea about Brittany, but Um, you know, people start coming to me, hey, you know, this is going this guy lost his wife or this, you know, this family's going through this and just kinda asked for help and support and that ended up ended up helping out the same family. Mm, Wow.
0: So you're each doing your thing, serving Jesus, using your tragedy to bless others, and you both happen to kind of work with the same family, the mutual family. Yes. That's right.
2: So it's it was so crazy because it was definitely just all the Lord only he could have orchestrated the way he did.
0: Wow. And and what was the, you know what was the process like of starting to interact and you know broach the subject of remarriage because that's a that's a tricky one to even Bring up and you know, um, especially in Christian culture, I think there's so many different beliefs and stigmas and, and issues kind of surrounding the subject of when you should get remarried and how long you should date and all these things. So, what was it like navigating that for the two of you?
1: Well, I think the first thing that like set the stage was the timing. Mm-hmm. Like we looked back, you know, even recently looked back at the timing. If it if it had been a few months earlier or a few months later or whatever. Uh, I don't know if the story would have turned out the same as, uh, mm-hmm. but it was the timing of being obedient to what God called us to and how our hearts were healing. So I think, t- you know, too much before that, our hearts would not have been the place of being open to love. Um, you know? And so just some of those things, being patient, uh, those, those characteristics really came to pull in our marriage and, and really played a part in our story. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was huge in, in what we did, but we, we also had to be very intentional. Uh, you know, when you have children involved, you know, I had, you know, two kids, she had three and you're not only considering your heart, but theirs. Right. And so when we decided, okay, who is this person? The conversations were, were long and, and pretty to the point. Um, you know, just to find out, we were find out who, who each other was, like, what do you believe? Where do you stand on this? Which, who are you? And, uh, and that was, that was kind of accelerated. It wasn't, <laughs> Yeah. It wasn't very casual.
2: We didn't mess around with each other's hearts and I think we made it very real that like we're not in life to have fun and just date to date. You know, we right. have hearts on the line, my heart's on the line. I was very guarded. Um and I really really spent so much time pursuing the Lord and asking God, God make this so clear and he did. He was just so faithful to do that. And I think even in our journey um, we we sought out a counselor before we were even engaged mm. because we are like, we ha- we bring a lot of stuff to the table. We bring yeah. sickness, bringing sudden death that could be a genetic thing and my boys could have it. I mean, there's just so many unique circumstances that come with each of us. Um, and as a result, we wanted to make sure that we had something that was of a neutral source and not emotionally involved yeah. that we could seek out um, advice and encouragement and wisdom on. And so we did that early on, and I feel like that was super helpful in our relationship, too, yeah. when we knew, okay, this is going towards marriage. Yeah. How can we best prepare to walk this in a healthy manner?
0: I love that. I I love that you shout out to counseling, obviously because I'm a counselor, but, you know, I see so many times as Christians, people are afraid of counseling. They see it as this, oh. this thing that maybe people who only have big, gigantic issues go to. And sometimes people wait until the issues come up and then they go to counseling. But so much of counseling is preventative maintenance because we all have baggage of different shapes and sizes that we bring into the pressure cooker of marriage. And eventually that stuff is just going to explode. It's going to multiply in that pressure. So starting to deal with it long before you get married is the best approach um, and I love hearing that you guys did that. So, what what has been the hardest part for you about remarriage?
1: I, I think in remarriage, something that we were not used to is is in remarriage is it's, it's kind of like when the U-Haul's gone when you've moved everything together, U-Haul is gone and taken back, but you still find yourself unpacking your past. Yeah. Uh, as you move into that that marriage, you learn more about each other. Even the you know counseling brings out a lot. Conversations bring out a lot, but time also does too. Yeah, absolutely. And so you're learning that. And one of the biggest traps and one of the biggest robbers to to your joy is comparison. You find yourself without realizing it, yeah. beginning to compare to your previous spouse or your previous life. Yeah. Um, and that is something we had to guard our hearts against was as we began to learn more about each other and we began to kind of slip up or we found ourselves accidentally comparing talking through that. Um, because if you don't solve those problems and don't address them, they can, they can come in and, and rob you of the joy that you have.
2: Yeah. And I think too, like you were saying, it's not just like comparison and with people, it was honestly like my greatest struggle was comparing the simplicity of my life before. So, you know, the simplicity of having all of our kids together, being married to one person who was the only person I dated, all that stuff. Um, just to going into a new situation where you're a blended family and there's extra kids to love and extra layers that come with that with adoption. And there's extra people and extra families. And there's just so much to navigate. That's not normal. If you got married when you're young and you stayed with the same person forever. And so I had to really guard against Yes, I. my life is not simple. Like There's nothing that's simple about my life right now, but it's still good, and it's still such a gift from God. And so having to really navigate that and walking that through daily um, to keep my perspective in the right place.
0: Yeah, that's such a good point. I love what you guys are saying, and I think you're right with, with the idea of comparison. I mean, every relationship that we go through kind of leaves this mark on us and and the significant relationships become kind of like a template that we do have a tendency to compare life to whether whether it's you know people who've had past dating relationships or someone who is engaged prior or someone who is married before these things become the template because we're so used to this is how it was done and yes. tr- and making sure not to repeat that and realizing this is our new normal. This is how it is now. This is something new that God is doing. And, and learning to work within that framework is so key. And man, what, a, what an amazing truth you just gave there and something that I think a lot of people are navigating in different ways of having to hold the standard to what God is doing in their life right now, not to the past, not to our you know, future hopes or the potential of what it could be, but what it is now and what God is doing right now. So that's so good. Um, another question I have for you is, how would you encourage somebody out there who is currently in the process of remarriage? Do you have any encouragement or advice or um, wisdom that you would say to somebody who is in the process of getting remarried?
1: I think one of the, the most helpful things uh was talking to someone who had been there before us and it was doing it well mm-hmm. uh you can you can guess what's coming you can kind of say hey this is things we think will be an issue or things we need to be good at solving but really unless you've been there this is hard to comprehend the the com- complexity yeah. of remarriage in yeah. all the dimensions i mean you're looking at additional layers of family you know yeah you you have in-laws, you have, you know, extra aunts, extra cousins. You have a lot of different layers. Right. Uh, and even to consider that, you need someone to kind of be a tour guide and walk you through that. Mm-hmm. And I think uh, accidentally we made a really good choice to bring in some family, you know, people that we knew that had been through that and learned from them. Um, so not everything was a, a surprise when we got to that point.
2: Yeah, I, I love I think that. the biggest thing I could encourage anybody is, when I'm walking with the Lord and I am have spending time being fulfilled in who Jesus is, yeah. then I'm going to be a better person. I'm going to be a better wife. I'm going to be a better mother. But when I turn to anything else to get my satisfaction or put all of that pressure on my husband or on my kids or on our situation, I will always come up void and that will always bring up conflict because no person was created to carry all that. Um, So I think for me, it was, you know, when I'm walking with the Lord, my marriage is going to be stronger and rebuilding this, you know, our new life together is going to be better because I'm pursuing who the Lord is in my life and finding my fulfillment in Him. But when I, I think we can do it all on our own or we go to other things for rest or we go to social media or we go to you know, looking a certain way or having certain things lined up and you go to all these other places to be fulfilled and, and get that longing out, um, it always will, will always turn a void in mm-hmm. our hearts and our lives. And so I think for us, when I'm closer to Jesus, I'm closer to my husband. When I'm closer to Jesus, I'm a better, more patient mom and wife and a better friend. So I think we have to realize the importance it is to go into God's word, for everything and going to him for
0: the fulfillment in our lives. Absolutely. We're wells and we just need him to fill us up so that we can give to others. The best relationships happen out of the overflow of our life. And I think so many people go into relationships where they're feeling half full, And they're hoping that the other person with their half can fill them up. And when you put two half cups together, you do get a whole cup for a little while until you realize it really is only two half cups desperately trying to fill each other up. And that's when bitterness comes and content and resentment because it's like, you're not filling me up the way I need you to. So you're so right in saying, I mean, we need to be sitting under the living water of Jesus so that he can just pour into us and that we can give out of our overflow. And I hear you. I feel the same way in my marriage, too. It's like you can tell when I am giving out of my emptiness instead of giving out of my fullness. And Daniel, I love what you said about mentors, because that is so key, finding people who are living life the way you want to be living it. Like I always say, think of somebody who's doing life maybe 10 years ahead of you. And you think in 10 years, I want my life to look like that. That's a good mentor, you know? And, and sometimes it does take, sometimes it happens naturally where someone will just come into your life and, and it might happen by chance. But sometimes if you're out there and you're thinking, well, I need a mentor, you've got to be deliberate about finding somebody, approaching somebody, asking somebody, hey, can you mentor me? Are you willing to invest in me? I, I, I love how you're living your life. I see Jesus at work in your life. I I, I see how you're walking a life of integrity and I, I want that and I would love for you to mentor me because sometimes you've just got to take that step and invite someone in your life. I think those are two two really important topics. And I'm glad you guys brought those up. So lastly, I would love to hear if you guys had some encouragement for anyone out there who is going through a hard time walking a life that they didn't plan. I didn't plan it to be this way. I didn't expect it to be this way. And and they feel like they're walking out plan B, not plan A. And and I say that kind of with um quotes because the truth is there's no such thing as plan B in God's world, right? God takes any situation and can turn it into plan A because he's a God of redemption. But, but for someone who's out there that, that just feels like they are walking in plan B and this is not what they expected, what encouragement would you leave them with?
1: You know, I found myself in that place after Lindsay died. And, and it's a bad place to be of, yeah. of saying, why? Why is this my story, God? Why, why is this... Why is this in my life? And it's something you feel like you can't escape from. This is your reality. And no matter what you do, this is going to be your situation. And I found myself crying out to God without why. And it wasn't until I changed it to what? Mm-hmm. Like, what? What do you want from me, God? And what can I do mm-hmm. to not waste what I'm going through? And everybody's story looks different. But that pain that they go through, it, you can make a choice not to waste it. You can make a choice to invest in others, and to proclaim Jesus through it. And you can't, you can't be fake about it. It's got to be something you work through with God to ultimately trust Him. Because I think so many times we think that God's plan should just be a better version of ours. Mm. We're not really okay with it being a different plan than ours. And so, so our faith is shaken when it looks different, but trusting in what we can't yet see, is, is an absolute definition of faith is trusting that God's plan is always better, even if it's different mm-hmm. and believing that even that the season you're in, it may be the hardest thing you've ever walked through, but what will come through it? If you are obedient to trust him, uh, will absolutely transform not just your life, but your belief in your faith in God and being that foundation. And that's what I had to go through personally was saying, God, I don't understand why. And I have to be okay with that but whatever you are calling me to, whatever the purpose is through this, I accept it and I take steps forward in faith, knowing that you are the author and the perfecter of my faith and you can do this. And, yes. and so w- once I made that commitment was when the path started being uh, laid out in front of me towards Brittany, towards encouraging others, towards moving in a life that, that is being redeemed. Mm. And, and that's been the biggest game changer for me, I would say.
0: That's amazing. And, and I wonder, I wonder what your life would have looked like if you didn't take that step, if you didn't move from the why to the what, because I know there's so many people out there who are in the why and, and, and that you can get stuck in the why, you know, you can live your whole life paralyzed by the why, looking back, looking back. And I've mentioned this before on the podcast, but I feel like it's worth mentioning again. When God called Lot out of Sodom, a past of brokenness and pain and grief and hurt, he said to him and his wife, don't look back. And as his wife was coming out of Sodom, what did she do? She Mm. looked back and according to scripture she turned into a pillar of salt and you know whether whether you take that figuratively or literally i i take god's word literally but but the principle applies in that the past can be paralyzing we can get so stuck on that why that we're unable to move forward into god's promises we're unable to move into the new land that he has for us and I just love what you said because I think there is so much healing there. There's a component of healing when we can say, What, Lord? What do you want me to do with this? What can I do for you? How can I use this situation for your glory? That starts moving you into the future and that starts moving you into healing. Not that we forget the past. You know, I don't think we can ever forget
2: no.
0: you grieve the past. It's a part of who you are. But we have a choice whether we're going to face the past or whether we're going to turn and start facing the present. And, and I love how you said that, you know, that's basically the, the start of how God's brought Brittany into your life and, and your journey together, your new chapter. That's, that was a really beautiful um, question there. Not, not the why, but the what. Brittany, I would love to hear from you. What encouragement do you have for someone who is walking through a situation that they didn't plan and didn't expect? I
2: think um, gratefulness changes our whole perspective.
0: Mm.
1: And
2: I think in the midst of everything that we're walking through, when we turn our eyes from us and our problems to God and what He has done for us and what He has given us, even in that hard moment, it changes our perspective and it also gives us perseverance. So I remember even you know days after my husband passed away and I was just struggling. And I remember God just bringing me, journal and paper and pen and said, write down all the ways that you're grateful of the different things that happened, even in Patrick's death.
0: Yeah, that's hard.
2: Okay, my husband passed away. Like my, what in the world? But when I sat down and I started to think, of God's goodness, even in there, mm. it changed my perspective to be like God. You were gracious and you were good, and you know Scripture talks about the Valley of Baca. And um, when I was reading that the other day, I was like, okay, what, "What does that mean?" And it's the valley. You'll walk through the valley and you will make wells. And so, basically, to me, it was like the Lord was reminding me, even in the seasons and those valleys of weeping and struggles, when you're walking through that, um, you can still make wells. That brings sustenance and and help you and help others even in the midst of it. And you, the scripture says that you walk through the valley of the shadow of death. You have to walk through it. You can't stand there. You can't park there. Mm. Sit there. You have to walk. And sometimes you're crawling and sometimes you're limping, but you have to keep moving. If you stay in the same spot— um, it, it, it does no good to you or anybody else around you. And so I think keeping perspective and going to God's word for the perseverance and perspective shifter that we need in the midst of it. And also, I mean, even looking around at others, you know, like we have a really hard story and we have really heavy days with our kids um, and their struggles and pains and grief. But when I look out to what other people are walking through, I think, God, you are so gracious that this is all that we're dealing with right now. God, you've been gracious because you know what's worse than this? It's going through suffering without Christ. Mm. It's going through suffering without hope. So yet, yes, we're going through hard things, but we have the hope of glory and we have the King of kings who is walking us through things and we have His presence that is more than enough when we truly accept Him for all that He gives and offers us in the midst of it. And I think running to God's Word Um, when we do need the lasting hope and comfort and joy, because that is the only thing that will give us lasting worth in the midst of the hardest times. And God's word really was just like the balm to my aching soul. And it still is because it gives me such a different view on my circumstances and shows me not focusing on who I am, but who Christ is and who He is in this circumstance, because we can't change our circumstances, but we can change us and our circumstances and steward the way that we walk through it in a different way.
0: Absolutely. Amen. When, when you were saying that, I just got this picture of someone just walking through this dark valley, and every breath of gratitude is another step, another step, yes. another okay. step. That's how we walk. That's how we move. That's how we breathe. And I think so many times as human beings, our tendency is to look at what God is not doing instead of what He is doing. And, and that challenges me. I mean, every single day, like, God, what are you doing today? Not, not what do I need you to do? What do I want you to do? What aren't you doing? But what are you already doing? Help me to get on board. Help me to see it the way that you see it and keep moving forward with you. Keep moving forward. And, you know, the best, the best thing about your stories— is the reminder that this world is nothing compared to the world that's to come? You know, like we're just walking through this world with the hope of eternity. And, and and I'm sure you guys are reminded of that on a regular basis. I know you are because I, I, I follow you on social media. I see what you're teaching your kids and just the reality that you're walking through this world and you're enjoying it to the best of your ability. But you know that deep down, you're really living for the next world, you know, and, 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 and the hope of eternity carries you through. So I've really appreciated how you guys have integrated that and incorporated that into the lives of your kids and what evidence that, Your past grief doesn't have to ruin your life, but it can propel you to eternity and propel you towards one another and propel you towards Jesus. So I just love your story. I love both of your hearts. I love your hearts for Jesus. And I think ultimately one thing I see in your story is as you each moved in God's direction, you were brought closer to one another. And that's really the beautiful thing here. So thank you guys so much for joining us. Thank you for sharing your story and sharing your heart um, and just letting us in uh, for a few minutes today. I really appreciate it.
2: Thank you. We're so grateful for you and what an amazing, amazing ministry that you have. Um, Your book, Choosing Marriage, is One I've sent to many people. I love hearing that. so good. So we we just believe in you and your ministry and what you guys are doing. So thank you so much.
0: Oh, absolutely. It's my pleasure. You guys take care. Thank you. bye. Bye. What a powerful story we heard today. I'm just walking away from that conversation inspired to trust God deeply and love Him fiercely. I don't know about you, but I totally connect with the struggle that Daniel mentioned today of asking why over what. I look back at the dark times in my life, and I've been through some dark times, and I find that my initial response is to say, Lord, why am I going through this? Don't you love me? Why did you let this happen? How could you? I thought I could trust you. And slowly, my trust in Jesus begins to erode, being replaced by what I think life should look like, instead of asking what he wants me to do. What can I do to make the most of this? What can I do to glorify you through this? What can I do so that this pain isn't wasted? I don't believe that God makes us go through hard things. But I do think this world, with its brokenness and sinfulness, exposes us to hard things. And when we walk through those hard things, we can look back and ask why. Or we can move forward and ask what. What is God doing here? And what can I do to align with His heart? I don't know who you are or what you're going through. I don't know if you've just been given a gut-wrenching diagnosis, if you've lost the love of your life, if you're dealing with excruciating loneliness or depression or fear. I don't know if you've been through the pain of divorce or the tragedy of abuse or the trauma of loss. I don't know why, but I do know what, that God is faithful and that he is good, and that he is for you, and that this plan B or C or F or Z or whatever it feels like can be restored and redeemed, and I'm praying that over you right now. Jesus, I just thank you for every single person Listening to this episode today, I know you brought them for a reason, God. You know that sometimes life doesn't look like we expected, God. And I just pray for anyone who is listening right now who is struggling and walking through darkness, who is walking through the valley of shadow and death, God, who is walking through something really difficult and struggling with loneliness or depression or fear or sadness or excruciating pain. God, I just ask that you would help us to shift our perspective from asking why to asking what and seeing what you are doing here. God, help us to become experts at looking for what you are doing rather than getting hung up on what you're not doing or what we think you should be doing. God, I just pray your overwhelming peace and joy and strength and perseverance And I just pray for your perspective to take over what we can see, that we wouldn't be seeing with what the natural eyes can see, but we would be seeing how you see with a kingdom focus and a kingdom heart. Help us to get to that place, God, and fill us with joy and peace. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks so much for tuning into the podcast today. It was so good to chat with you about the hard things of love and relationships. If you're looking to go deeper with the content in this podcast, I invite you to take some time to connect with our special guests, Brittany and Daniel Brooker. You can find them on Instagram at Brittany Price Brooker or at Daniel O. Brooker. Their ongoing perspective of hope and joy will encourage and inspire you. If you're looking for some encouragement in your relationship life, whether you're single or married, pick up a copy of True Love Dates or Choosing Marriage and get serious about downloading information that's going to help you get healthy and move in the direction of healthy relationships. You can also find in-depth courses and tons of free relationship articles over at my blog, truelovedates.com. I love connecting with you. So please find me on Facebook or Instagram at True Love Dates and give me a shout out. If you have a love and relationship question on your mind, reach out to me at truelovedates.com slash love and relationships for a chance to have your question answered on the show. If you're enjoying this podcast and want to see it go strong, subscribe and leave us your five-star rating and review. It makes all the difference for us in getting the word out. I'm Deborah Falada, and it was so great being together again today. And I can't wait to chat with you next week. Take care.